You are now tuned in to Heat Check with Ty Slaughter and Royce King right here on GTA Sports Network. Follow Heat Check on Instagram and Twitter at GTA Heat Check. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, GTA Sports Network. And check out GTASportsNet.com for all things basketball. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Heat Check. This is Ty Slatter. And I'm Royce King. Here to give you another great episode. How you doing, Mr. King? Man, I'm doing good, Ty. Ready to get it cracking. I see you got some heat lined up. Can't wait to get into this and just... Shucks, man. I think it's going to be a slight little bit of role reversal. Get your take on some of this stuff. Do what you got to do. Just know I'm coming with all the heat, man. Go. So let's go ahead and kick this off right. The Los Angeles Lakers, to my disbelief, and to those that didn't get my take on this before, make sure you check out Heat Check episodes that are out now on any podcast site that you have, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. The White Howard. And a strange twist of events in the journey that he's been on since he left the Los Angeles Lakers, I believe that was 2012-2013, mm-hmm. he found his way back to L.A. It's been quite the journey for the big man, but he found his way back to L.A. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. King, can you break down for our audience what type of deal Dwight Howard just signed? I probably can't. Cause I, I don't have cause, that in front I, of me. I, I'm sure you it's out there on Twitter. I'm more shocked than anything because according to Bobby Marks, some kind of some kind of some kind of summer deal. Yeah, according to Bobby Marks, he got what they call a summer contract, and they compared it to Anthony Bennett's new deal with Houston. Uh, apparently, he'll be earning close about fourteen thousand five hundred every day that he's on the roster, and that clock officially starts for him October twenty first. Now, Mr. King, you've been you've been around this game quite some time. I've never seen anything like this before. So, what's your take on that, sir? Well, I mean, look, first time for everything. And uh, and while it may not be common, especially with a player of uh, the stature and status of a Dwight Howard when you're talking name value, uh, look, Dwight's been through some things right. in terms of his health. Um, he's taken uh, a beating, if you will, in the media in terms of um, the kind of person he is, his personality, his sensitivity. Right. Uh, maybe the things he's done or not really done in locker rooms. That's fair. You know, there's just been a lot of stuff alleged about who Dwight Howard, the person and the man is. Um, and so we understand that when you're playing, you know, professionally in the NBA, uh, they vet you very well. And so you're always being examined and questioned and expected to, uh, you know, live up to and, and, and live life at a, a certain standard. But, uh, again, I personally think Dwight Howard has uh, been, I guess you could say, a part of uh, somewhat of a witch hunt. I mean, <laughs> you, you can go back that. to – You did say that. I mean, you could, even, you could go back to uh, the year that uh, Derrick Rose won league MVP. Okay. I was on record, and I'll go on record once again and say Dwight Howard got robbed. Mm. Okay. You just you look at his stats. You look at the numbers that he put up. Okay. Um, and then you take into consideration, I mean, it was like they were just intending to look for a new villain at the same time, looking for a new, uh, darling and the media got it wrong. Wow. And you only need to basically consider what has panned out to see that it was wrong. I mean, Derek Rose wins MVP and he follows that up with a rash of injuries before Dwight. Dwight Howard doesn't get MVP, and he literally becomes villainous. You know what I mean? He's, he's vilified. He becomes a villain. Wow. Whether he wanted to become one or not, he tried to, you know, handle it and embrace it, but it's not who he was. Dwight Howard, at his best, was a guy who loved the game of basketball. He smiled while playing the game of basketball. He smiled when being interviewed about the game of basketball and he gave all that he had to the game of basketball and it was working for him down in Orlando. But again, the narrative for him was probably that people wanted him to follow Shaquille O'Neal path and footsteps, if you will, with the whole moniker and going from Orlando to LA and Shaquille O'Neal is one of a kind. 
so so too is Dwight Howard. And it was just unfortunate that they tried to to make those two so similar. Um, so far as Dwight's contract, look, it's brand new to me. But obviously, this is what the NBA has done, you know, in the summer. It's going to be regular season. But whatever the Lakers needed to do, Dwight Howard had to sign off on it and agree okay. he has. And I think that bodes well for the Lakers organization. And then anybody, you know, in fantasy who might be considering Dwight Howard, you understand that he's getting paid game by game. I mean, which is normal, but it's just not the millions. I mean, it's fourteen thousand dollars. I mean, it, I mean that's 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 pocket money. I mean, that's really not a lot of money for again a player of his right. ilk, at, even at this point in his career. And and when you when you see that, you still can't rush to think that the white's going to be the white of Orlando. Right. He probably won't even be the white of Houston. Right, they're hoping. Yeah, but go ahead. I, I, go ahead. I was just what I got. Uh, if you can, if you, sorry. if you can get those Charlotte numbers, something similar to the Charlotte numbers and That's, Atlanta yeah. numbers out yeah. of Dwight Howard in L.A., you you got to be happy with that. that, and especially if Dwight is able to do something of that nature in less than thirty minutes. You know, if right. Dwight can play 25, 26 minutes and give you a strong thirteen and eleven. Mm-hmm. Even if it's all off the bench, you're talking about a guy, again, who's showing that he is not your average player. He's really a special talent. It's it's amazing how, right, I was literally about to say the exact same thing on that note, and your numbers fall right in line with what I was guessing he would be able to produce. I mean, we're talking about a guy that should be able to give you 10 and 12 in his sleep, okay? Like, like he's Mm -hmm. built to give you a walk. He's a walking double-double when healthy, no questions asked. And I wouldn't expect him to play any more than 25 minutes anytime he's on the court. I wouldn't I would I would like to think the Lakers are not gonna demand anything more of that, especially night in and night out. Um my concerns with this roster as is, and, and my concerns still stand from when we had the debate regarding Joe King Noah, <clears throat> Gortat, and Spates when they were up in conversation. Uh I even found out recently that um Kenneth Reed was in the conversation too for a split second. Um once again, are they going to do a trade? No, no I, think, was he, I think was he free? free. Kenneth was he free? Just out there. I thought he was. A, he I was down he, in Houston, but I think he's a free agent. I think he's, I don't think anybody's picked him back up yet. Don't hold me to that. Hmm. Um, what I what I will say in regards to what has transpired over the weekend, because keep in mind, uh, Wolves ESPN dropped this uh, late Friday evening in regards to Dwight Howard. Uh, keep in mind that this contract is unprotected. Um, and they got him on a very, very short leash. Uh, to put it in, in simple terms, they told him if he acts out, he'll get kicked out, plain and simple. They're not playing no games. Uh, he has to take this very seriously. Uh, they're, they're, they have a certain expectation that they've set for him. Um, and it, it's a redemption. It's obviously a road to redemption tour for, for Dwight to try to, you know, cap off a, what, what has been, for the most part, a great career, uh, aside from injuries and, and going from team to team and not really finding that fit. Um, my I guess my question would be because I I think that this could work. Health is my main concern, numero uno concern when it comes to the Lakers roster as of, as it's constructed right now. And I have to ask. Well, I'll say this: I'll ask you if, the, if Javale McGee is starting, or would you have Dwight start? Uh, I'm fine with um. JaVale starting okay. if, if that's what the coach wants right. to do. It's really going to be up to, I, I agree with that. to to the to the coaching staff. Uh, but you got to figure out of 48 minutes at the center spot, if last year JaVale logged 22 minutes, right? Right. If Dwight picks up the other 26, there you go. If they want to, you know, even lighten that low, because that's where I would play Dwight Howard at this point of his career. You know, no more really than 25, 26 minutes. Because you got a guy like JaVale McGee, who, you know, hasn't really been dealing with many injuries, you know, recently had a nice couple of seasons there um, and is actually, you know, the taller player by measurement. You right. know, he's longer than the white. So when you talk about p- patrolling the paint, he, he can do a good job. And um, 
you know, Dwight had been working on his game. So we'll see what he can bring to the table. Now, I will say very quickly, I don't like the, the terminology of uh, if, if, if you act out, we'll, we'll walk you out. I mean, that, that makes me think Carmelo Anthony once again. Like, it could be just a matter of opinion and perspective. There's not a real margin for error there. If What if Dwight speaks up for himself as a man? Is that going to be twisted as acting out and you show him the door and then he's killed in the media again and he's run out the league and blackballed? Mm. Or is it going to really, is somebody really, you know, objectively going to step in and weigh somebody else saying, well, we don't like what Dwight said or did and he was acting out and it's detrimental Mm. to the team versus, you know, you brought something to a grown man and this grown man spoke his mind in his piece. He's speaking his truth and you just don't like it. Understandable. So I'm curious. I'm curious. I can't wait. I, I, it's going to be drama Absolutely. in L.A. I mean, it's Absolutely. Hollywood. And, and the drama sales. So, with, by all means, Staples Center is going to be the place to be if you're out in L.A. Uh, let's, move, let's, let's move down to the Bay. I want to touch on the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we do know that they, their team has definitely taken a hit this free agency with the loss of Kevin Durant uh, to Brooklyn. And, of course, rushing his Achilles, which was a lot of people speculate led to the ultimate decision to leave. That's neither here nor there. But they also lost Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston. Um, so a lot of their defensive presence has been lost. Uh, those that have been followers know that D'Angelo Russell was a part of the signing trade with Brooklyn to Golden State. Um, but with that addition and the rookies that they drafted, I I don't I don't see how Golden State can return to prominence this season. So my question to you, Mr. King, you, you, you follow the league. You see D'Angelo Russell had arguably his best season with Brooklyn last year. Uh, a lot of people would say mm-hmm. the breakout most improved player type of season. Um, will he fit the Golden State system under Steve Kerr? Oh, it's easy to get to, to Golden State and fit in the system. But is he that? Uh, yeah. I mean, they have but, an outside. Yeah, they have an excellent system. I mean, sure, he's that type of player. Um, you know, the ball's going to move. The question is, is is he going to uh, put an extra bounce of, of the ball in there when he doesn't have to? Uh, because that ball moves in Golden State, and I don't see them scrapping their whole system just because, you know, D'Angelo Russell shows up and Kevin Durant, you know, walks out the door uh, and Klay Thompson is on the shelf. Right. If anything – there's an opportunity for D'Angelo Russell to shoot the ball with a higher field goal percentage. Uh, that that's important for for overall team success okay. and for those who play, you know, the fantasy game. Um, will he still put up the seven assists? The opportunity is okay. there, but you have guys uh, like Draymond Green who you can expect to have a bounce back season across the board statistically, uh, and then Steph Curry. So. All in all, when it comes to uh, D'Angelo Russell, his presence back in the Western Conference, for me, is the concern because of who he has to guard night in and night out. And the fact that this uh, Golden State Warriors team is not as deep uh, as they were uh, in previous seasons as they made championship runs. Now, there's a lot of unproven talent on this roster, uh, names that are not familiar to the casual fan and even for someone like myself who studies uh uh, the league and his players these guys uh are fairly new in terms of trying to find themselves and so there's plenty of youthful talent on this roster but it's unproven when you're talking about uh deep postseason runs even first round appearances for the most part so with all that being you know taken into consideration there's going to be a, a heavier load to bear by that starting five in Golden State. Okay. And usage uh, could lead to uh, injury mm. for, you know, guys like uh, D'Angelo Russell and potentially even a Stephen Curry. Okay. Because, again, these guys have always had to battle uh, the ankle mm. injuries. Valid point. And I, I we have to obviously have to wait and see 
how that turns out with that backcourt because obviously they're going to need a few months to build up chemistry, uh, learn the plays. When it comes to the Angels, you're going to learn the plays, um, get to know everybody on the team. And, and that team ultimately is getting a new arena, new identity. Um, and once again, the veterans like Draymond Green and you know, Steph Curry got to hold the team down until Clay gets back, which he's scheduled to be back March, April from his ACL injury. Um, but speaking of teams within that trade, let's, let's, let's go to the East Coast for a hot second. Let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I believe within the last, I believe it was this morning actually, Karis LeVert agreed to his three-year, $52.5 million contract extension. I believe that that move, that, that Brooklyn team pretty much stayed pat. And moved, moved a couple pieces, obviously, to free up some space, but the core still there. You still got Spencer Dinwiddie, still got Jared Allen. Now you got Karis LeVert re-signed. Obviously, Kyrie Irving is a new addition, and when, K- when Katie gets back from his Achilles, I believe that team is definitely going to be a threat to take over the East, unless you unless you feel like this team's not really championship caliber. I, I like the talent there. I like the, you know, the extension okay. that uh, was signed by Karis LeVert. Okay. Smart man. You know, Absolutely. get your money Absolutely. while you can. Why, why, it's why it's you're healthy. Right. Look, he could have possibly maybe gotten more if he didn't have the injury last season. Yet at the same time, he recognized that instead of maybe attempting to, you know, gamble on himself, uh, and not sign the extension. Um, he got money while it was on the table. And again, the key to, you know, financial wealth and, and, and success and freedom, man, is just, you know, stewardship. When you get your money, can you manage your money? Can you <laughs> right. keep your money? Can you make good decisions right. with your money? You know, there's plenty of guys that had ridiculous amounts of numbers, you know, run through their bank account and they're worth zero today. True. You know, that has everything to do with discipline and stewardship. So great signing by the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Karis LeVert's 24 years old, um, still hasn't actually hit his physical, you know, uh, athletic prime, yeah. as you like to say, the zenith. The zenith absolutely. If you absolutely. Zenith <laughs> of athletic abilities. Yeah. <laughs> Coin the praise. He has not hit his zenith yet. He still got some juice in the tank. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I like I like Brooklyn and I think they'll be a force to reckon with uh in particular once uh you know Kevin Durant returns. All right, well that being said, we're gonna take a quick break, pay some bills, we'll be right back with Heat Checks and State Hello everyone, this is Ty Sletter with GTA Sports. When it comes to all of my photography needs, Magic Shot Visual is just for me. With over ten years of experience, Amir King is the definition of quality over quantity. From sporting events to family affairs, let Magic Shots capture your memories right here. Book your next event today, 765-215-4507, or visit Amir on Instagram at Magic Shots. You are now tuned in to Heat Check with Ty Slatter and Royce King, right here on GTA Sports Network. Follow Heat Check on Instagram and Twitter at GTA Heat Check. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, GTA Sports Network, and check out GTASportsNet.com. For all things basketball. Hello everyone, this is Ty Slatter with GTA Sports. Wanna know where I go to get my face clean like a king? Check out Bishop and Shea at H Palace, located in the Forest Manor community, right on the corner of 34th Street and Keystone. From waves and fades to liners for dreads and braids, Bishop and Shea play to change the game. Book your appointment today at hpalace.com. That's A-Y-T-C-H-P-A-L-A-C-E.com. H Palace Barber and Beauty Salon, where kings and queens belong. And welcome back to Heat Check. For those that just tuned in, I'm Ty Slatter. Royce King. All right, we, let's talk about the W. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and shine some light on the WNBA real quick. All right. I want to give right. a special congratulations to Indiana Fury for their victory over the Seattle Storm. Oh, you congratulating for a regular I season have, win? What's well, that about? Well, they were on a losing streak and they broke it. So it, yeah, they, okay. they, they lost okay. like the last handful of games. So they they when they won against Seattle, that was a big deal because snap back to yeah, Seattle. They, Oops, they, they lost the last three games prior to that. So they lost to the Mystics, New York, and Sparks. Then they won, and they won in Seattle. So that was an old, that was a, a win on the road. That's always nice. Um, nice. Now that puts them at ten and nineteen. They're still in the hunt for the playoffs, which is a great. This, this season alone has still been an improvement from last season. Last season, they were out of contention already by this time of the year. They, they had lost 
They only mm-hmm. won six games, excuse me, last year. And um, now they're at 10 and 19. They're number nine in the league. And they're fighting for the eighth seed with Minnesota and Dallas. Okay. Because uh, the reason why I didn't mention the Phoenix Mercury, for those that don't, don't understand, I have a gut feeling Phoenix is going to get in. I don't, I don't, and I'm saying just because of Benny Griner, we know what she can do. She can go, she gets hot. When she gets hot, it's hard to stop her. But they got Diana Taurasi back from injury. She, she's been, she's been playing the same caliber game she always played, which is top level elite. Um, and I just feel like the Phoenix Mercury, they know how to get to the playoffs. I can't, I don't want, I can't count them out. The teams that I'm, well, they struggling on the road. They struggling on the road. How many road games did the Mercury have? Remaining that would be interesting to note. I mean, especially at four and ten this season on the road, that's that is that's critical, awful. right? That, that, that's, it's critical, but they went at home, and I think that the fact that most of their games going forward, we got about a handful of games left in the season before we go with officially postseason. Most of their games are at mm-hmm. home, so I feel like they have that home okay. foot advantage. So they got they kind of got a little they definitely edge got there, the edge you know, home stand, right? Because they know how to they know how to win at home. We they've proven that. They know how to win at home. Uh, in their matchups, from the looks of it, they, they have the New York Liberty tomorrow at four, then they have the Atlanta Dream, Chicago Sky. Now, the Chicago Sky one, that'll probably be a great matchup because that's a, that's a playoff game. That's a playoff matchup because Chicago just clinched their uh, playoff position within the last couple of days. But the Atlanta Dream is already out of contention, so that's, that's, that's a warm-up game for them. I feel like the Atlanta Dream doesn't really have an answer for for the, the caliber players we're talking about, Diana Rossi and Brittany Griner. Um, but back to the Fever's current situation. This week, Tuesday night, they go against the Las Vegas Aces. Now, this is at home. This is a home stretch, right? This is like one of the last few home games. They got three more home games left this season. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces is Tuesday night. Then they have the Los Angeles Sparks Thursday night. Now, that's, that's the problem. To me, that's the red flag. I say that only because we know what the Los Angeles Sparks can do. We know anybody that follows the W, you know Candace Parker. I don't need to say anything else. She knows how to rally her troops together and get the dub. Whether they're on the road or at home, this team knows how to fight. They know how to finish strong when it comes to fourth quarter magic. So basically, the Indiana Fever being at 10-19, essentially they have to win the rest of their games. Um. That's that's part no. of that to me. That's the red. That's part of the problem. Yeah. That that right there is part of. The I mean, I mean, if we're gonna stay grounded yeah. in, in reality, oh, boy. I mean, look, they're five and nine at home. They're five and ten on the road. Four or six of their last ten games. Congratulations on the win, right? But as you mentioned, that's a huge hill to climb at this point in the season. Um, there, I guess you could say to a certain degree, there's already an identity that's been established and a rhythm uh, that this is a this is a you know sub 500 ball club. Mm. However, this is a team that has improved on his win total from right. last season. They've already doubled uh, their win totals plus two. Right, right. You said they only won four games last year. They're sitting on ten. There's an opportunity to you know if they split. They go 13 and what? 13 and 22? Yeah, that sounds about right. That's that right? right. It's not the postseason. However, uh, it's more wins, uh, more experience. uh, Correct. So, that would be my take on Indiana Fever at this point. Uh, continue to continue to play right. hard, get as many wins as you can, and you never know what might right. happen. Dominoes can you know, fall your with way. The Minnesota and Dominoes Phoenix. Can, Dominoes Correct. can fall your way because we, as we know, the Phoenix Mercury have been struggling on the road. Now, depending on the rest of the schedule being more home based, they may know how to go ahead and rally the troops together and bring it home and get to the playoffs. But here's my thing: and for those that haven't already checked out the article on GTAsportsnet.com. The Indiana Fever, being a team that's been in rebuild since the since the Tamika Catchings retirement and having to reset the team and try to find a new identity with new players. I wrote 
that if they make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if they got swept the first round. So if I, I pose the, the, the choice they have is they could get into the playoffs AFC, it's hypothetical, of course, and get eliminated first round and probably possibly swept out of the first round because they would more likely be matched up against the Washington Mystics, which is the number one team in the league. And they and when they played them the last time, they got they got ran out the gym essentially. So I would rather them if if I got, if I had to choose, I'd rather the team win what they can, but ultimately not go to the playoffs because they're not ready for the playoffs. It's not even up for debate, in my opinion. It's not up for debate. Overall, the team is still young, developing, and trying to identify who they are and what type of game style they want to play on a night-to-night basis. Because if you look at their last few games that they won, the biggest player, that most impactful player, is not a starter. That that right there says a lot. The most impactful player has Mm -hmm. been a rookie. And it's not just any rookie. Mm -hmm. It's Tierra McCowan, who's arguably the tallest, one of the tallest players in the league, right underneath Brittany Griner. So she's not... Just some little little person running around. She's actually, I. She's not. You know, this is not right. a this is not a David thing. It's a Goliath thing. Like this, like Tierra McCown is right. a beast on the court. So it's, she, you know, it's, it's it's almost expected. She's she's coming into her own. Uh, because if if for those that watched the Fever Games in the beginning of this season, she was getting into a lot of foul trouble, um, mm-hmm. and wasn't able to finish around. That's to be expected uh, as a rookie. rookie, The rookie jitters were definitely prevalent. Um, She wasn't able to really finish around the rim as well as as she should. Uh, She wasn't very confident at the free throw line. But for those of us that have followed the Indiana Fever throughout this 2019 campaign, Tierra McCowan has improved every single moment she stepped on the court. And when I can truly say, not only is she a better finisher around the rim, she's way more poised and she's been making a lot more of her free throws and been able to use her size and length to get better boards on both the offensive and defensive sides of the court. So I can truly say as long as she's on the trajectory that she's on right now, she's going to be a problem within the next season or two. As long as they don't rock the boat with her confidence, because she's definitely gained more confidence throughout the season, even though she's had to take losses because the fever, unfortunately, are on the – other side of the, you know, when it comes to their overall standings, they're kind of on the other side. They have more losses than wins. But I feel like, once again, when you're a team that's in rebuild, that's expected. But they're showing signs of growth and development. I can say that. Well, that's, that's again, that's the best part about being an organization that, you know, really has already hit the reset button. Absolutely. Going back a couple of seasons. So when you started last year, you came in with the crop. Uh, uh, basically a Kelsey Mitchell, Victoria Vivians, you know, Stephanie Mavunga, who, you know, still, you know, somewhat of a project in, in my Absolutely. view, uh, Mavunga. And then you had uh, basically a slight setback with Victoria Vivians in the, the ACL tear. Absolutely. Uh, but Kelsey's taking another step. Right. She's continuing to grow. Right. And then you draft a player, you know, with the abilities of a Tierra McCowan. When you're a rookie player in any league, all it is is a slight reset and adjustment to the level of play in the competition and most importantly, even the officiating and, and role, right. expectation from your head coach, uh, understanding what it is that your teammates are actually capable of, uh, recognizing what you're capable of, what you're asked to do, trying not to go outside of your, your box or your lane um, without, in a sense – it being a part of the game plan, right? right? You know, when, when she, you know, McCowan with her size and her presence is about understanding post positioning at the next level, being, you know, relentless, having a high motor, you know, on every possession, rim protection. And then when you have the opportunity to go to work in terms of uh, point production on the offensive end, you know, you got to eat when you're, Getting started as a rookie, you might be a little bit nervous. Mr. Jitter's like, wow, like I'm really here. I'm in the Absolutely. W and I'm making it happen. But, look, she got off to a great start. I do remember opening night, she hit the uh, the the buzzer beater that helped the Indiana Fever secure the win. So she got off to the kind of start that, you know, I think she would want to have 
be regular moments in her WNBA career, and she has the talent and ability to do so. So just another season under the Indiana Fever's belt with this young, talented team who uh, I say they're three more seasons from there being an expectation that hands down at the start of the season, they should be in the playoffs. So that's two more seasons for McCowan. And then that following year, the the core group of McCowan, Vivians, and Mitchell, and whoever else they may add, they should be ready to I go. Agree with that. You know, I agree with that. Kennedy Burke is also one of the rookies that stepped up in the last few games from UCLA, and she, her being long as well. And and what I've noticed in the last couple of games, even the losses, the starters have shown signs of fatigue. On top of injury, for those that don't know, Shanice Johnson was out for the rest of the season with uh, she had knee surgery and took her out for the rest of the season. She was just getting into her stride. She was definitely one of those three and D type of players that was able to catch, catch and shoot from three, and she was really starting to get into the swing because she was out all of last season with leg injury as well. And I believe she re-injured that same leg. So this team, not only battling with injuries, has had pretty much like you said a reset when it comes to the overall roster. But the the bench being mostly rookies and sophomores have showed up and showed out even in the close losses that have been less than ten points. So there's potential within this roster. The roster is somewhat loaded, but once again, some of it's lack of experience, some of it's rookie jitters. And then, of course, you have the injury bug that comes around, and it's, it's been inevitable in most cases. But I believe this team, once again, could come into playoff contention and actually get out of the first round, possibly within your time window that you've given them, within the two or three years. Sounds good. But in the meantime, I just don't want them to go – me personally, I wouldn't want them to make it to the playoffs this year just to get swept in the first round. I feel like that would be demoralizing and somewhat of a beatdown mentally if they were to, if they were to work hard in the end, get to the playoffs in the so you So you think they got a chance? I can't, I can't rule them out. That, that's, the, that's the thing about this team. That, that's okay. the thing about the fever that can be uh-huh. frustrating is the fact that this okay. team has – and on the nights when they win – and they play as a team, and they don't give up the ball. They don't. They keep their opponents from scoring. They stay because Tierra McCowan. Let let me be very very clear on this. Tierra McCowan is a shot blocker. When she when she finally broke out of her rookie shell that she had over half the season, come out of All Star break, and she figured out how mm-hmm. to be able to get her touches on the ball without the whistle being blown by referees. Because she knows the referees were targeting her, because she's arguably in most in most of their matchups the biggest person on the court. So it, it was like, I think when she finally figured her found her way and figured out a way around the referees officials blowing the whistle and calling fouls on her, she figured out how to get blocks. And when she blocks, she the ball's going into the crowd. Like she don't she don't hold no punches. She puts her full, send the message. She sends them off the court. To the fans, okay? Fans get a get a game ball out of, out of Tierra McCown when she's on the court. And I think that just came with confidence. I think she just, once again, she had to build the confidence, figure out her game, like you said, transitioning from college to pros, figuring out how to get around officials that are obviously going to be looking for contact and making sure that those calls are made. And so most of the time it's not in her favor. She's looking at them like, well, I did – you know, she, in her mind, even if you see the expression on her face, it's almost like in the beginning she's like, "Well, I used to be able to do this in college. Why am I getting the whistle blown as soon as the within my vicinity?" She would just look so confused, mm-hmm. like the whistle didn't blow this much where I came from. You know, I feel like she was used to, you know, down in Mississippi State. I think she was just used to having it a certain way, and um, you know, being the, the the standout that she was at the collegiate level. And um, once she got up, once she got past that, she's been able to show that she definitely is a force to be reckoned with in the paint. So I can't say that this team is not going to get into the playoffs because I don't know how the Lynx are going to play their last few games. I don't know if the Aces and Sparks are going to, you know, blow them out the gym these next couple games or if the Fever are actually going to stand up to the challenge and take this by the reins and say, we're going. So you're, so you're, so you're hopeful and optimistic about the Fever. That, that's, that's your gut feeling, right? 
Is that what you're saying? Because I'm con- I, I'm a little I confused. Because uh, I, 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 I thought I didn't think they had a chance, but now it's you, bittersweet. Now you're saying they, they have a do. chance. They do. That's the that's the scary part. Now I'm gonna tell you what changed. What what made this? They have twenty. They have they have what nineteen twenty losses right, already. And then there's 15. That's a that's a 14 game gap on the loss side. I mean a four game gap. And they can, but that's the that's only six remaining. Looking at the so so you're saying that at the end of the season the Fever could go on their longest win streak of the season. Is that what you're saying? They're about to go on the longest win streak of the season right now. Excuse me, they're going to win here's, out. Six here's straight. what made it difficult to gauge. When they beat the Seattle, the reigning champions. Now, granted, granted, disclaimer, the Seattle Storm are a little banged up this year. The, their star players is pretty much not in the picture like they should be. So, we'll, we'll, I can almost make that a pass. But even with that, I wasn't expecting the Fever to win on the road. You just said yourself they were 5-10 and 10 on the road. Right? So... That I didn't expect them to be able to win that game. I didn't. I, I, I was almost like saying if they lost to Seattle, which I, I honestly, in my mind, I expected them to lose to Seattle by by a close margin because that's how they lose. They don't lose. They they only lose by blowouts when they play against the Mystics. Most of their games have been down to the wire, down to the last few possessions, down to those last few timeouts if they have any left. It's, it's been those type of games where they have to force fouls and they happen to have to foul the best shooter on the opponent's team so the other team wins by free throws. You know, it, it's been like that most of the season. So in my mind, once they beat the Seattle Storm, the light bulb went off like, okay, you won against a team I didn't expect you to win against that we already knew was going to clinch a playoff berth. Whether they won or lost that game, it didn't really matter. They were going to the playoffs regardless. And that's how I feel about, obviously, the Aces are in. Sparks are in. So those two teams, it matters to the fever, but it doesn't matter to the other teams. So there's the there's that slight possibility that the Aces and the Sparks will take their foot off the gas because they already got their playoff position. So I'm looking at it from that perspective. These teams are already in. They don't have to win anymore. They can lose their next few games. Their, secu- their position is secure. They're going to the playoffs regardless. So that means the Fever could win these games, and it wouldn't matter to the other teams because they're already in. Doesn't that change the dynamic for you? Or am I, or am I looking at it from, from the wrong point of view? Uh, my mind is made up. I'm so not trying so to convince so anyone so that the Fever okay, is going to so make so the you're, playoffs. You're, I feel like I've seen enough basketball <laughs> historically as an individual person and that I haven't seen anything about this fever season that would convince me before they run off six straight that they can run off six straight. Is it possible? All things are possible. Is it probable? I don't think so. So I don't have the fever making the playoffs personally. And that's not a slight against them. They're a young team. And then there's an age gap for the most part. And then there's the veteran leaders on the squad right. who have have like mileage on their bodies from playing in the WNBA and playing That's overseas. So, you know, when I take all those things into consideration, okay. you know I'm not hating right, on the fever. I'm just I'm just a realist, <laughs> man. Like I'm going to get the people what they want. They want to know the truth. Are the fever going to make the playoffs or not? Don't confuse me. Don't trick me. Like, it could be a whole lot of riding. Somebody, I'm not a bet. I'm not a big time better or gambler, but I am in Vegas, and somebody might be listening to me like, "Yo, so what are you saying? Should I wager on the fever with futures or not?" I'm saying, don't do it. You got six games. They are already ten and nineteen or ten and twenty. Ten nineteen, man. Oh. Yeah, like, come on, man, be easy. They they a fifty fifty club. They're not about to run off six straight. But if they do, if they do, I will apologize. That's he all I can do. Okay, okay, I apologize. Okay. I apologize and okay. say, hey, I didn't see it. The forecast man didn't see that storm coming. But I don't see the fever blazing oh, hot. 
Oh man! All right, but look, I mean, it's it's anything is possible. You heard it here first. The forecast man saying they're not gonna make it, but if they do, he will apologize. So we got you on record for that. We'll hold you. Yes, we'll hold you to that. So before we get further into the W, I'm gonna take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. This is Heat Check State. Hello, everyone. This is Ty Slater with GTA Sports. When it comes to all of my photography needs, Magic Shot Visuals just for me. With over 10 years of experience, Amir King is the definition of quality over quantity. From sporting events to family affairs, let Magic Shots capture your memories right here. Book your next event today, 765-215-4507, or visit Amir on Instagram at Magic Shots. You are now tuned in to Heat Check with Ty Slatter and Royce King, right here on GTA Sports Network. Follow Heat Check on Instagram and Twitter at GTA Heat Check. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, GTA Sports Network, and check out GTASportsNet.com for all things basketball. Hello everyone, this is Ty Slatter with GTA Sports. Want to know where I go to get my face clean like a king? Check out Bishop and Sheck at H Palace, located in the Forest Manor community, right on the corner of 34th Street and Keystone. From waves and fades, to liners for dreads and braids, Bishop and Sheck play to change the game. Book your appointment today at hpalace.com that's a-y-t-c-h-p-a-l-a-c-e.com h palace barber and beauty salon where kings and queens belong welcome back to heat check for those that are just now tuning in this is top Slap. and i'm Make royce sure king on us on twitter and instagram at gta heat check we've been talking about the WNBA, right we've been talking about indiana fever mm-hmm. possibility of sneaking into the playoffs in the hc I'm going to leave the door open for him just because it's six games. If it was one or two games, I would close the door. Season's over. Leave it alone. But because there's so many games and they just beat Seattle, and I did not expect them to beat Seattle once again, it, it leaves room for speculation. My man, Roy King, says that it's not going to happen. I'm saying it's possible. These rookies are hungry. They're tired of And I'm saying it's not probable. <laughs> All things are possible to them that believe, but it's not probable. Okay, I'm gonna close. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave that one there. We're gonna leave that where it stands. I do want to touch on a very important uh, issue when it comes to WNBA. I want, I want to touch on the commissioner of the league, Kathy Engelbert. For those that don't know, is the WNBA commissioner, and apparently she did an interview yesterday in regards to. Her game plan, her first steps towards transforming the WBA, and her perspective making it a profitable league. Now, for those that are just now tuning in, we touched on this topic on the last episode. Check out episode five, The Future of Basketball, where me and Royce King, Royce King had his soliloquy. And basically breaking down his belief, since he's been around the game, his belief on why the league is where it is right now and why it seems like the league is somewhat stagnant in growth and development overall. And today, I want to touch on what she mentioned in regards to the league bringing in more money. Okay, we'll talk about it. So, give a little background, Kathy Engelbert, formerly the CEO of an accounting company. Apparently, is more focused on the financials than anything else. Instead, we were talking now, me and you, Royce, we were talking about fan interaction, the, the style of play, the way the game is being, you know, marketed towards its audience. What is its target audience? Does mm-hmm. does the league know who its target audience is? It's kind of what the question was, was being presented to ultimately. So the argument or the, the problem with the league right now that we all that we know about within the you know basketball community is trying the players want their wages raised. And they right. use the NBA elite players that are getting these massive supermax contracts as almost like a sliding scale of what they're anticipating or feeling like they deserve an equal pay, right? That's yeah, that's, that's, that's how it came me. That's how I got it. Now, according to the, the calendar that they have right now, a new collective bargaining agreement must be reached before the summer of 2020. How? The question I have is how. And it seems to me that she's optimistic, but she hasn't really given any clues of what she's 
intending to do. She's just it's almost like you know some people you feel like people speaking in circles. I, I, I read when I, yeah. Well, I heard I heard. But, uh, I heard a I heard her do okay. an interview. Uh, I can't remember the name of the particular podcast that I was listening to, but um, I know she she referenced the fact that uh, you know with the Olympics coming up in twenty twenty right. and women's USA basketball is a dynasty. I think they're like one hundred and one something ridiculous wow. like that. And she was again drawing. You know, again, if you're going to. Uh, you know, champion your cause, just champion your cause. Don't do the male-female compare and contrast because then you lose me, right? right? Um, Because I'm going to support women's basketball. I got two daughters that play high school and college basketball. Like, I'm going to support the women's game, but I support it on its own merits, not because, like, okay, well, if it was the guys – it would have been this or it would have been that. No one's saying that Women's USA is a dynasty. Then say it. Talk to the writers and have them write it. You know, pay some writers to write about the W like it's the only thing out there. You know what I mean? Like you that's what marketing and promoting is, right? Don't you pay somebody to promote? Don't you pay somebody to market your brand and your product? That's what I think she's saying is that they're going to have to spend some money in order to make some money. But research is all, and, and, and studying the markets is about finding out who do you spend the money with? Who do you spend the money right. on? And who gives you the best chance of capitalizing uh, in terms of who your new consumers will now be after you went on this strong marketing campaign? And so I know from what I heard, there's every intention to make a big hullabaloo about, you know, Team USA uh, next summer. Okay. But what does that do for right now while the season is still going? Right. It just seems to me, because I, I, within the article that I read, it seems she brings up the flight issues that a lot of teams had where they had to forfeit a game because flights got canceled. They, they're not flying charter. They were flying – with you know, pretty much with civilians and flights were getting canceled and, and rescheduled, delayed. So certain games got forfeited. These things can't, you know, shouldn't happen. And she basically mentioned that teams should be able to make their own financial decisions. And she also felt like the NBA could afford to help more than it currently is. Now, with that being said, because the NBA is obviously not having a profit issue because these players are getting paid in some cases, I feel like close to baseball numbers. Um, do you agree or disagree that the NBA should or shouldn't help more than it is as of right now, being that it's like the big brother to the league? I mean, again, they're business right. people. You're asking me to give you money? That's what that's what that's position is like. Are you asking me to invest money? Like, are, am I going to get a return on my investment? Mm. These savvy businessmen and women in the NBA are where they are because they're shrewd business right. people. They understand, you know, profit, you know, loss, net gains, you know what I mean, expense, so forth and so right. on, right? They're aware of what it takes to have success with a league, a professional franchise. Now, if the WNBA is struggling, then like all products, that struggle with the consumer and marketplace, you have to assess your product. You have to reevaluate your product. And I think those are the things that they must concern themselves with first and foremost. And then remembering again, don't, don't cheat your way to success. Don't skip steps just because there are large dollar amounts floating around right now for the men. You have to remember at 22 and 23 years, Uh, the NBA, uh, this kind of money wasn't around. Uh, the technology and social media wasn't around. And so while these things are advantageous and, you know, obviously make it different for the women's game at 23 years old, now due to technology, you still don't get to skip the fact that you don't have 60, 70 plus, almost 75 years of tradition right. built up. Yeah, I realize that 
the men's game is benefiting off of is that there are 75 years of basically tradition of fathers and sons handing the game down every so many generations, friends, brothers, uncles and nephews, Right. right? Even wives, right? The women who are playing in the WNBA, they're daughters of a father as well as a mother who had something to do with the game and participated in the game. Overall, just from what I got from it, I mean, of course, she mentioned, obviously, the 2K20 uh, video game, you know, NBA 2K20, being that the WNBA is getting a larger role in an NBA game, I guess, targeting the youth, as as they would say. Um, It didn't seem like she had any real answers to the problem. Unless she's just trying to ignore the obvious. That's what it came off to me. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the article read off to me as if she's ignoring the obvious issues on why the league is not soaring in popularity. But you mentioned just now, it's it's only a 23-year-old league. So right. nobody's, hey. taking, my bad, not, nobody's taking the time out to compare where was the NBA at year 23 with the WNBA year 23. I don't think anybody's doing that. Well, it's, well, what it sounds like to me a lot of times is that people just, they just want to, you know, as quickly as they possibly can catch you slipping, right? Okay. Let's just uh, not really educate you and the fan. Let's see if just we can, you know, get your money, right? There, there's a lot of spending. There seems to be, you know, a lot of money, you know, floating around. And the WNBA just wants to get in on getting the money. If everybody else is getting, why aren't we getting? We should get the getting, right? Right. Uh, but you can't get the getting if I don't want what you got. Uh, and that's the right. difference. You know, people want what the NFL has, right? People want Major League Baseball. People want NBA. People mm-hmm. even want the NHL. Right. Right. Those in the man get to keep supplying, you know? <laughs> I understand that. But if no one wants the W like that, then, you know, you can try all the different, you know, gimmicks and get rich quick ways, and it's not going to work. You're going to fall on your face. Uh, you, they, I, I know they talk about they have to do a better job of telling their players stories. Right. Uh, I don't think that it's about selling me a story. <laughs> I'm not interested in your story. Um, when it comes to basketball, there are basic to know about basketball. Can you play? Right. Cool. Are you good? First and foremost, can you get buckets? So, you know, again, the league could help if help itself if they could increase scoring. If they could put up more points per game. If players could average, if more players average 20 right. plus points per game, right? If more players got double doubles, if they actually became more appealing to the fantasy game, mm. not the 2K game, because you got to remember before there were video games, there were guys who sat around, grabbed the newspaper, and did their own fantasy sports. And this is why I'm on record in, you know, the future of basketball episode on Heat Check, episode five. (laughs) Check that out. And saying that you should actually focus on league play, head-to-head league play of fantasy sports first and foremost. Not that you can't have uh, the, the WNBA on an NBA 2K game, but that's just the W. That's like the NBA saying, all right, we'll play this. <laughs> but, but, but you got to understand the NBA actually had their own fantasy game on NBA.com back in like 1999, right. 2000. The dot com. The dot com you know what I'm saying? Boys. Where you pick five on the, the dot com literally had their own game before it was on Yahoo or ESPN or anybody else. NBA.com managed it themselves, and you picked five players and a wow. head coach. This is back when you could pick Phil wow. Jackson, Greg Popovich, uh, Larry Brown, 
You understand me? So I'm taking you back in time. And now you see how the NBA is capitalizing on fantasy sports and that sports betting being legalized. But here comes the W thinking, well, we can just jump right in where you guys are. Well, you really can. Unfortunately, you really can. So you can take, you can take, it's not dirty, it's the truth. It's the facts. You just take the same steps. That's all that's really necessary. Just take those similar steps and build, you know, take the process and build. Uh, those athletes in the WNBA, the players that can dunk, I've gone on record I've said this many times. There needs to be more dunks in the game. I'm not saying, neither am I suggesting that you script the game of basketball, but you've got to figure out a way to turn up the pace so that those athletes who can get up and down and dunk can literally get up and down and dunk in the women's game right. more frequently. The dunk should be more prevalent. And then when the dunk is used as a highlight on ESPN or, or, or Fox Sports or whoever, don't allow them – have it not be talked about as if, oh, there was a dunk sighting in the W like it doesn't happen. Speak about it like this is just uh, the latest yeah, dunk yeah. in the game. Make it a trick. You know, Make it a trick. the latest. You know what I mean? Like, it should, it, should, right. it should be the norm. You want the dunk. The dunk has to become the norm. And I always told people, I said, if you keep comparing, you're going to struggle because the NBA has a consistent presence of a particular shot that W just doesn't have. And the most exciting shot in basketball is still the dunk shot. It's still the most exciting because you literally physically can make contact with another human being and dunk all over them <laughs> on top of them. And everyone's going to come oh, up out of their seat like, ooh, <laughs> did you see that? Yo, somebody <laughs> caught a body. Who's mm. doing that in the W? How many right. can do that in the W? So, again, I'm not saying you got to script the league, but you got to open the league up. And more players got to actually put up numbers that appeal to what's popular, what's trending in America right now and around the world. And fantasy sports is what's popping. 2K and all that online gaming live competition is what's popping. But they playing with players that they know. They playing with teams that they know. That means your rating got to be high, and I got to be able to know that this player I can use, and that player going to get me buckets. That player going to get me boards. That player is a thief. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what we have to have. That's the story that needs to be told in the W. If you want to tell some stories, you need to tell some stories about how these players get numbers and get buckets. And then you got to show us video footage of these players putting up numbers, doing work. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't want to know about Michael Jordan just for the sake of Michael Jordan. We had to know about Michael Jordan because he dropped 63 Uh, on the Boston Celtics uh, in the playoffs in Boston Garden. Like, wait a second. Who do you think you are? Now, this is a special shout-out. If Kathy Engelbert, you're listening to this, GTA Heat Check, we got the answers. We want to make sure the WNBA does not have a lockout season in 2020 because they can't come to agreeance of terms and conditions. We humble. On the contracts, on the collective bargaining agreement. All right? So, if you need – if you. We humble. We don't have. We don't got all the answers. We humble enough to say we, we don't. don't have all the answers, but Absolutely. we are available and we are open to assisting with what it is that we know, what we have, what we have to offer the game of basketball, and we do know where we can get the answers from, and we know how to make contact and get those Absolutely. answers. So, if you need to email us, sportsnetworkdta@gmail.com. All right, we are here to help. We are in support of the W. We want to see the W continue to thrive and prosper and grow and develop these talented, lovely ladies that go out there and put everything they got on that court night in and night out. Where the hell? GTA Heat Check. But, Mr. King, as, as always, man, it's always a pleasure having you on here, but we do got to wrap this up. 
So make sure you yes, follow sir. me on Twitter at Ty Slatter. Follow Heat Check on Twitter and Instagram at GTA Heat Check. For Royce and everyone here at Heat Check, I am Ty Slatter. And remember, if you can't stand the heat, how can you check yourself? And we'll catch you again next time. Thank you for tuning in to the latest edition of Heat Check with Ty Slatter and Royce King. Follow GTA Sports Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, GTA Sports Network. And check out GTASportsNet.com for all things basketball.